Welcome back to the Unchained Brain, where we try to take the chains off your brain so you don't remain insane in this crazy upside down inverted clown world that we all seem to be living in right now. Uh, things have just gotten so crazy on so many levels, and we need a platform to be able to speak freely. And unfortunately, that is not TikTok. TikTok is a powerful platform. It's amazing the reach that it has. And certain topics are boosted and you can have so much interaction with people out there. It's unbelievable how fast a channel can grow. And I was fortunate enough to have some videos go viral on testosterone deficiency and vitamin D3 and holistic wellness biohacking. And I talk about a lot of the material in the book I wrote called the Unchained Life Manual, which is available on Amazon and paperback and Kindle and now Audible. So if you want to listen while you drive, you can now get the Unchained Life Manual on Audible. I hired a narrator. The guy's phenomenal and it turned out really good. So I hope you enjoy it. So anyway, back to TikTok. You got to be real careful what you say on that platform. You can't do anything criticizing the government. You can't do anything criticizing this dementia patient that is quote unquote running the country and steering the ship uh, even though whoever people are seeing on tv looks absolutely nothing like the guy who we all remember you know in 2006 they're like two different people but you start going down that rabbit hole on TikTok, and those videos get taken down so i don't know how much you can say on spotify you look at you look at some critical thinkers like Owen Benjamin and Crow Triple Seven, and you know they're not on the standard run-of-the-mill platforms. Like they have been, you know, Owen Benjamin especially has lost all his major platforms because he's speaking truth that is controversial and counters the generally accepted narrative that is perpetuated by the mainstream media, and. I'm a 45 year old husband and father and we homeschool our children and I have had doubts about it because it can be a little isolating, especially living in the Sierra foothills of Northern California. It's not a huge city. It's not, it's not a major Metro area like a, like an LA or a San Francisco or a New York or anything like that. It's, it's a fairly small city. I think the population is 180,000. But we are standing against the grain so hard that we are pretty much the black sheep. You know, most of the people that we know have their kids in public school. And what is going on in public school is absolute insanity. And at the local middle school, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the name, so I'm not going to. But one of the local middle schools, a sixth grade boy, age 12, took his own life. And a seventh grade girl got pregnant in the bathroom in the same week. And that was just unheard of like that. That stuff never happened 30 years ago, 35 years ago, when we were in elementary and junior high school, you never heard about stuff happening. And so I just think that we are devolving as a society. And although the internet is phenomenal and social media is such a powerful and amazing tool, it is usually not used as a force for good. And these kids are subject to unbelievable cyberbullying. And you have these children who are living these 
stressful and and screwed up lives in at at home and they're typically growing up with a single mother maybe a single father most of the people are divorced they have step parents they they don't know where they fit in and they're not getting the love and the nurturing and the attention and the strong family bond that is going to shape their character so they will be amazing adults in the future a lot of and and it's hard to blame the parents it's hard to blame the parents. I worked for corporate America for over 10 years and I was up at six o'clock in the morning every day. I was on the road by seven. I was at my place of business by eight and I was there until seven or eight o'clock every single night, Monday through Friday, and sometimes would go in for a half day on Saturday. And by Sunday, I was thrashed. I was so exhausted that I could barely function. And the only thing I had an opportunity to do was basically get my laundry done and go to the grocery store just to get some odds and ends for the week. But I typically had nothing in my fridge. I was single at the time. I don't know how people operate like that with, with children unless they're making enough money to have a traditional stay-at-home wife who is uh, taking care of the kids, which is the most important job you can have. So our society is falling apart and I don't want to go down the road of doom and gloom because it's way too easy to focus on all of the negativity. So we have to find solutions in our own lives and the healthier we are and the stronger we are as individuals, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, we can get the financial component worked out and, and be fearless to take chances to start that business or connect with people. And like I said, start a business, start a company, write a book, create something, file a patent, make an invention uh, or follow whatever your passion is. It, most people I meet are not doing a job. They're not in a career that mirrors what they're truly passionate about. And I think that we all should be living in this reality making a good income, doing what we love to do. So we're passionate about what we're doing. When you look at Americana, when you look at the, the 1950s, for example, I mean, there was the things that were built and the things that were created all the way down to kids toys were crafted with passion. They were made in the USA and they were made with pride and, and an artisanal craft and motivation and inspiration that was reflected in the items that were built and money was made of gold and silver you know people would typically men would wear a three-piece suit to the office women were proper there was there was it was an age of dignity and self-respect and and a a nationalistic attitude where people were proud to be an American. And it seems like since my grandparents' generation and even my parents' generation, we have fallen so far from grace that it is almost pathetic. And it sort of reminds me of the movie Idiocracy. And we're dealing with endocrine disruptors in the food and the water and the personal care products, the lotions, the shampoos, the sunscreens, the conditioners, the hair gel, the toothpaste, all of the stuff that we're using, all the household products. This feels like a gigantic experiment. 
and it is up to us to try to shield ourselves as much as possible without freaking out and being too neurotic about all this stuff because ultimately it's impossible to escape at all. So the way that you create a healthy household uh, and hopefully you have a, a mother and a father that are married, that love each other, that are setting a good example for the kids every day and filling a home with love and communication and self-respect and mutual respect and trust and dignity and honesty and honor and courtesy and patience and kindness and generosity and humility and selflessness when it comes to family, setting the example. It's up to us as fathers to set the example. That is what we have to do. But as far as how do you prevent the most amount of chemicals from harming, harming your family, getting a whole house water filtration system. If you go to ewg.org, you can see the unbelievable chemicals, and there's about 60 of them that are allowed to be in tap water. And it's going into your home and you're boiling your pasta with it and you are washing your fruits and vegetables with it. And hopefully they're organic and not covered in chemical wax and sprayed with atrazine and Roundup and whatever else herbicides and pesticides they spray on this stuff that's conventional now. And hopefully it's not genetically modified. And that's a whole other, a whole other can of worms, a whole other rabbit hole that we can go down on another episode. But avoiding negativity and knowing that there are ways to shield yourself from what's going on is key. So looking at the whole political arena, what a shit show. And I don't even, I don't even know how to describe the, the idiocy and the ridiculousness and the train wreck that it is. And I don't care if you are on the left or on the right, it is two wings of the same bird and it is flying into the window. That bird is flying into the window and it's, it's over and done with. What a joke. What a mess. And I wonder how many grown adults, when they get home from their job or they wake up in the morning and they're, they're, if they watch TV or whatever they're looking at on their phone or they're reading the newspaper, I wonder how many of them actually believe what they're reading or actually believe what they're watching. And it's really a masterful media. I mean, that's why they call it broadcasting. It's like Hollywood spellcasting. The wands used to be made from the Hollywood tree. They would be used by mages to cast spells. And when you look at Hollywood, uh, Alan Watts talks about this. The, the, the wand that is created with the Hollywood tree is for spellcasting. And when we look at broadcasting, that's a gigantic net that is going to cast the spell upon the masses and to control the mind, gobernamente, right? To control the mind, government, mente is mind. I don't know how many people have even taken the time to think critically or do the research about what they're seeing, what they're reading, what they're, what they're listening to. But it all goes back to a declassified operation called Mockingbird. And there is a million videos about Operation Mockingbird. But basically, 
it was the CIA's plan to infiltrate the media. On the front page of the New York Times in February 14th, 1967, the headline was, A Student Group Concedes It Took Funds from the CIA. The article was one in a slew of articles published at the time in relation to something called Operation Mockingbird. What was Operation Mockingbird? It was an alleged, alleged, large-scale project undertaken by the CIA beginning in the 1950s in which they recruited American journalists into a propaganda network. The recruited journalists were put on payroll by the CIA and instructed to write fake stories that promoted the views of the intelligence agency to, to shift social consciousness. Student cultural organizations and magazines were allegedly funded as fronts for this operation. Operation Mockingbird expanded later in order to influence foreign media as well. Frank Wisner, the director of the Espionage and Counterintelligence Branch, spearheaded the organization and was told to concentrate on the following. Propaganda, economic warfare, preventative direct action, including sabotage, anti-sabotage, demolition, and evacuation measures, subversion against hostile states, including assistance to underground resistance groups and support of indigenous anti-communist elements in threatened countries of the free world. Journalists were reportedly blackmailed and threatened into this network. The CIA's financing of independent and private organizations wasn't just meant to create favorable stories. It was also a means to covertly collect information from other countries that were relevant to America's national security. Like the New York Times article, Ramparts Magazine exposed the covert operation in 1967 when it reported that the National Student Association received funding from the CIA. A 1977 article in Rolling Stone written by Carl Bernstein was titled, The CIA and the Media. Bernstein said in that article that the CIA has secretly bankrolled numerous foreign press services, periodicals, and newspapers, both English and foreign language, which provided excellent cover for CIA operatives. These reports led to a series of congressional investigations done in the 1970s under a committee that was set up by the U.S. Senate and named the Church Committee. The Church Committee investigations looked into government operations and potential abuses by the CIA, NSA, FBI, and IRS. The problem, though, is that none of these abuses were actually dealt with. So I'm not going to go on to read this whole article, but basically to make a long story short, what you are seeing and hearing in the news is scripted. And I'm going to play an audio file for you right now. And this video is, was for a while was everywhere on YouTube. And I'd be surprised if you haven't heard this before, but just give it a listen. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media, 
More alarming, some media outlets publish these same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 So that goes on and on, like like 10 or 15 more more stations. And so at the end of the day, you got to get to a point where you realize that when you watch the news, it is absolutely scripted. I don't care what network, they're all pushing the same message. Now, some of them lean left and some of them lean right, but ultimately it's scripted and somehow, some way it is coming from the upper echelon at the ivory tower of these news organizations that are working hand in hand with the people that are quote unquote running the country. So it is fake. It's fake. And if you want to talk about something crazy, there was a statistic I saw the other day that said 95% of Americans don't know that a third building fell down on 9-11. So the Trade Center fell down, the, the, two, the Twin Towers fell down perfectly in demolition style fashion. So in its own footprint, fell down perfectly, supposedly from two airplanes. And if you've ever seen an airplane hit a bird, a bird can wreck the nose of an airplane. But somehow, some way, these planes supposedly flew into these buildings and fires melted the steel and somehow they collapsed. I don't know how far down the rabbit hole you've gone. I don't know how much you've looked into that. Uh, the official story makes absolutely no sense. And we'll talk about that more in detail on another episode. But here is where it gets really, really crazy. 95% of Americans supposedly do not know that a third building fell down that day. It was not hit by a plane. But if you look up World Trade Center 7 on Wikipedia, which is supposed to be uh, an unbiased encyclopedia where you can get real information about everything in the universe, it says that there was a fire that broke out from debris from the planes hitting the other buildings and it ignited fires on multiple lower floors which continued to burn uncontrolled throughout the afternoon the building's internal fire pressure fire suppression system lacked water pressure to fight the fires and the collapse began when a critical internal column buckled and triggered a cascading failure of nearby columns throughout so somehow that building, which, you know, was made with steel and concrete and all that fell down in its own footprint magically. And that's the official story because of fire. Now there was a study done 
and you can find this on nationalfile.com. It says, study finds melted steel beams did not cause WTC Building 7 to collapse. It was a 127-page paper presenting, I think, irrefutable evidence suggesting that the building may not have been caused by fire weakening the structure. And everybody's heard, seen that meme, jet fuel doesn't melt steel. Well, fire can weaken it, but can it cause it to collapse in its own footprint? Is it interesting that the Enron headquarters were located in WTC7? Do you guys remember the company Enron and what happened with that? So critical thinkers are in short supply and cognitive dissonance is an emotion that is elicited in a human where they would rather believe a lie than an uncomfortable truth. And we all have to get to a point if we really want to know what's going on in this reality where we start to pull back the layers of the onion of all of the official stories of everything. I find it interesting that the term conspiracy theorist was created by the CIA to counter opposition to the official story of the Kennedy assassination. So the term was coined by the CIA. And now if you want to talk about anything conspiratorial uh, and, and it makes someone else uncomfortable and you've chosen the wrong audience for your conversation or for your lecture, uh, if you, you know, you get out of hand at a family function or a dinner and you, you bring up something like stolen elections or voter fraud or 9-11 or I mean, pick, pick your conspiracy, weather modification. There's people out there that look up at these skinny white clouds in the sky that are literally being sprayed by planes. And they're like, chemtrails are fake. It's a contrail. Meanwhile, there's dozens of patents for stratospheric aerosol geoengineering that you can look up. The patents exist to spray aerosols out of planes to modify the weather. But if you make someone uncomfortable and they're a normie or they're just not ready to go down this road where the truth is very uncomfortable when you start to uncover these things that just don't make sense and don't add up to the official narrative. But most people would rather take their pharma meds and drink their bottle of wine and sit in the lazy boy or, you know, sit on the couch and look at the nightly news and think that they're really being informed. And when you are aware of enough of this and you spend time around people that start regurgitating the sound bites from mainstream media, you know, they're asleep. You know, they're not ready for this because the truth is uncomfortable. And I think that this has to do a lot with the chemicals that are in our food and water and pharma drugs and fluoride and bromine and these things that supposedly calcify the, the pineal gland and prevent human beings from accessing higher levels of consciousness so they can develop spiritual intuition and insight into various topics. You know, at some point through meditation and isolation and time in nature and 
holistic wellness and detoxing all of this stuff, you begin to develop a certain intuition that didn't exist before. And that goes back to the gut brain connection. People say, oh, it's a gut instinct. Well, if you're destroying your gut bacteria with chemicals and you don't have enough healthy flora, not only are you going to be prone to illness and sickness and disease uh, and horrible digestion and elimination, but it's going to take away from that gut brain connection where you get a gut instinct and it sends an emotion. It sends an electrical impulse to the brain and, and you have a different awareness you have. And I think that that's spiritual insight. Uh, the gut is supposed to contain 250 million neurons, 250 million neurons is the amount of brain cells that a dog has. And dogs are very, very smart. Some breeds are unbelievably intelligent. And so in the human digestive tract, we're supposed to have 250 million neurons. And like I said a minute ago, we're eating this garbage food and consuming all these chemicals and pharma drugs and alcohol and just living an un unhealthy lifestyle. We're diminishing the prevalence of the healthy bacteria. And then we have uh, an overgrowth of candida and yeast and fungus and more prone to parasites and all this stuff. But in addition to that, it takes away that gut instinct. So I think it's crazy at this point that anyone would watch anything on the news and believe it. And when you go into the alternative media and you look at people like Joe Rogan and Alex Jones and all these people that are supposedly quote unquote truthers, you got to look into controlled opposition. You got to look into how the whole game is played. So the best way to crush an opposition is to control the opposition and to put these people in positions where they're getting a lot of attention. When people get a lot of attention, it's not by accident. And very, very rarely is it truly organic. These people seem to be propped up by the same forces that are controlling, moving all the pieces on the chessboard. So, I mean, for me, I remember, you know, when I was working my corporate job, I didn't have time to read anything. I was working all the time. And the, the only free time I had, I was pretty much exhausted. So it was like, get up at six o'clock in the morning and, you know, on the road by seven and at work from eight in the morning until seven or eight at night, and then drive all the way back home, get home by nine and I'm done. I was done. So I didn't have really time to pay attention to what is truly going on in the reality. But I remember something that happened in 2007. 2007 was when I figured out that the Federal Reserve wasn't actually federal. I figured out that the Federal Reserve was just about as federal as Federal Express. They are literally not a government entity. It is a private banking cartel. And I started to wonder, so our country doesn't print its own money. We don't create our own money and we're no longer creating it from something that has value like gold. So this private cartel 
has a printing press like a monopoly money machine, they can print unlimited money that it literally comes from nowhere and they create this fake money and then they loan it to the government with interest. So then I said, wait a minute, if they're printing all this money out of thin air and they're in control of the printing presses and they loan it to the government with interest, where does the interest come from? So I heard Owen Benjamin talking to Crow 777 about this and Crow said something like, at no point in history would there ever be two gold coins sitting on a table and make a baby? So if you look at those two gold coins, how do you charge interest on those gold coins? So the money doesn't exist to pay off this debt. And who do we owe it to anyway? Who do we really owe it to? Do we owe it to this private banking cartel that in 1913 took over banking with the Federal Reserve Act? You know, another thing that's crazy too, and I'm going to do an episode on this, is that the three billionaires that were opposed to the Federal Reserve happened to all be on the Titanic. And let me, let me look this up real quick. I just want to make sure. Who else was on the Titanic was Rudolf Diesel. Rudolf Diesel, the inventor of the diesel engine, happened to be on the Titanic. And this is where it gets crazy. So the Titanic goes down. The three billionaires that did not want the Federal Reserve to take over banking, they all died. The Federal Reserve was put into place in 1913, and diesel was dead. And good old Rockefeller acquired the patent to the diesel motor. And the story goes that the original diesel engine was designed to run on vegetable oils. And it was pressure ignited heat. And so it was, a, it was originally designed for natural plant oils for diesel powered motor vegetation. And the way they tell the story is that after Rockefeller acquired the engine, he had to modify it to only run on crude diesel that was created from distillation of crude oil at a certain temperature. And so you could no longer run the diesel engine on vegetable oil. And coincidentally, Rockefeller owned Standard Oil. So... It's amazing what happens when you start to examine your reality and examine the world and really start critically thinking and digging deep. Because when you look at how the average American male lives, they watch porn, they jerk off, they eat fast food, they stay up all night long, they go clubbing, they consume a ton of alcohol and watch a bunch of sports and they gamble and they are wasting their time on all of these pointless pursuits that lead them to absolutely nowhere except keep them pacified and quote unquote entertained, but really it's entrainment, it's not entertainment. 
it's just keeping people in a state of pacification. If you give people their sports, like bread and circuses in, in Roman times, if you give them bread and circuses, they will stay entertained and they will not revolt against the power structure. And that is what they have done. Why do you think porn is free? Why is Pornhub free? It took Pornhub 19 days after launch to get 50 million subscribers, 50 million people on that app after 19 days of launch. And, you know, we're going to do an episode on the dangers of pornography, but I just want to say that if you are a parent, what are you doing with, with porn on your phone or porn in your home? Like, especially if you're married, even if you're single. So, and yeah, I'm going to sound a little judgmental because porn is poison and it literally ruins the minds of men and women. It completely demoralizes women and it puts young, young men and and teenage boys in a situation where there's an article out there and I'll, I'll try to pull it up here but i was reading an article that that it is common now for young men not to be able to maintain an erection with an actual human female during intercourse because of their porn addiction because their dopamine receptors have been so overstimulated that actually being with a real woman in the flesh isn't good enough. And so this goes down a, a, a super, super dark rabbit hole. But like I said, it's up to us to set the example. And if you aren't where you want to be in your life, if you're not happy, if you're not healthy, if you're not at peace with the way that you live and you don't have quality relationships, and you have porn on your phone or you have porn on your computer and you are jerking off all the time, uh, that right there is going to be a huge problem and a barrier to your peace and harmony and happiness in your life. You know, sex is something that we were conditioned when, you know, when I was a teenager, you know, that's this stuff's been around forever, but the mainstream just pushed that for a male to be masculine and alpha, that they had to have as many female partners as possible. And what a train wreck that is for everyone involved. It is unbelievable. And, you know, it, it I don't think it was until I was married for a while and had children that I realized how unbelievably beautiful and amazing women truly are to see my wife love my children and nurture my children the way that she does and the way that she did when they were babies and to see babies be fed from her breast was just such a magical experience and i look back on all of the crazy shit that i did as a teenager and in my 20s and I was absolutely ashamed of myself because I grew up in that world. I grew up being conditioned that that's what, what males are supposed to do. That's what 
That's what the badass alpha males are supposed to do. They're supposed to be players and have multiple girlfriends and, you know, cheating's not a big deal and whatever, like, you know, commitment is bad and family's bad and kids are bad. And, you know, it's all about you, you, you. So be as selfish as possible. We can't live in that world anymore. And when you break away from it and you realize that it's just one of the many traps out there, your life is going to level up everything is going to get better. So that's all I got for today. If you like this information, you can check me out on Telegram, Unchained Brain. You can go to TikTok, Unchained.Brain. You can go to the link tree, Unchained.Brain. And I look forward to hearing from you. So read the Unchained Life Manual. It's good for families. It is totally family friendly. I, I really want holistic wellness to be incorporated uh, into everyone's life because it saved me from suicidal depression and anxiety and insomnia and, you know, all of the horrible things that happened to me when I came off of steroids after bodybuilding. And I just needed to get healthy and I needed to get right mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally and financially. And the Unchained Life Manual has been amazing. It's fully illustrated. I put my heart and soul into it. I hope you read it. I hope you enjoy it. And we will see you guys next time.